This is Inside Inkeeping, a podcast from InPartners on the ins and outs of the inkeeping industry. Here's your host, Megan Smith. This is Inside Inkeeping, and this is Megan Smith. And today we're talking with Luke Stafford from Mondo Media Works. Uh, in full disclosure, Mondo Media Works is the company that's producing this podcast series. But we came to them because they are such experts in the field of marketing ins and marketing helping innkeepers market. So, welcome, Luke. Thank you very much, Megan. This is this is great. It's so exciting. This is a project Luke and I sort of came up with together, um, this whole podcast series. So as you can imagine, we're pretty happy to be doing this today. So I'm going to, right off the bat, just turn it over to Luke. Why don't you just give a rundown of what's really working for marketing and what are pressing topics for innkeepers today in the in the realm of marketing? Great. Um, well, at Mondo, we specialize in digital. That's that's our world is is uh, all online. So uh, I'm sure we'll mostly stay in the the digital sphere today as we go through tips and tricks for for marketing for innkeepers. Where we really excel is um, capturing uh, travelers during their research phase when they're choosing where they're going to travel to and then where they're going to stay. So we think of marketing as a funnel, right? So uh, at the top of the funnel, uh, is, think of it nice and wide, right? Big wide mouth. There's more people you can capture at the top. These are the people who um, probably haven't even chosen where they're going to travel to yet. And if they've made that decision, they need to decide where they're going to stay in that town or, or in that region. So um, we try to capture people in uh, the top of the funnel there through maybe through blog posts or through search engine optimization on uh, your website. And then we might bring people in in the middle of the funnel somewhere too, whether it's uh, through emails. So maybe you've captured their email somehow or retargeted display ads. So that's somewhere in the middle. Um, and then uh, hopefully we'll swirl them around that funnel and they'll they'll drop out the bottom and, and book a room. That's, uh, and that's what we do for our clients. So you work directly with properties. Yep. And you, so when you say we, you're talking about yourself and... And the team at Mondo, yeah. There's, and the team at Mondo. But you also yeah. were talking about the inn, and they're, they yeah. participate in that with you. And oh, yeah. We're, also, are you helping them with their website at this point, or is their website already developed, and now you're marketing their website? Uh, it's it's D, all of the above. I mean, sometimes <laughs> we'll come in, uh, and I think it would be a very rare case if they don't have a website. I don't think we've faced that yet, but sometimes they need a new website, that's for mm -hmm. sure. So the website always serves as the foundation of, of anything we're doing when it comes to marketing a property. So if that is not shored up, if it's not responsive, meaning it works on across all mobile devices as well as desktop, um, if it's not uh, properly optimized for Google standards so that you're um, not making Google angry and not showing up well in search results, um, then we have to start there. Sometimes we'll come in and that's already done, right? The website's in a good place. And so we can hit the ground running and start immediately with directing traffic to that website and turn those people into um, callers that either call the property and book that way or, um, or that they book online. Well, speaking of booking online, why don't you talk a little bit about online travel agents as we refer to as OTAs and yeah. the challenges, the ways to work with them and also the way to protect yourself in that environment. Yeah, I'm glad you said we're with them because you don't have to battle them at every stage. So just to be clear, we're talking about OTAs, online travel agencies. The big ones are Expedia and Booking.com. 
Um, whereas things like Kayak, um, that's a meta search engine. Uh, so the OTAs are the ones where you can actually book uh, through that company like Expedia or Booking.com. So the, uh, the downside, of course, is that they take a commission. If somebody books through Expedia, uh, they take up to 25, sometimes 30% commission on the sale. Booking.com typically takes 15% commission. Um, so that's the downside, but the, the upside, and it's a big upside, is the exposure you get. So I mentioned that funnel. Typically travelers, when they're at the top of that funnel where they're starting their research, um, the OTAs is a place where they will start. Um, we've seen a little bit of a, a downtick in the popularity of OTAs. You know, two years ago is probably when it was at its apex of, of really? um, yeah, of people uh, starting their search there and booking through there. The message has gotten out through some of the work that we're doing at New England Inns and Resorts to book directly uh, with properties on their website. Uh, but now all the big chains, about a year ago, year and a half ago, they started getting on that message too. So you've probably seen Marriott's campaign to book directly on the Marriott website and not go through you know, your Priceline or your Expedia. Well, I want to just bring up that little video you did mm -hmm. for New England Inns and Resorts. And talk a little bit about that and let people know where they can find that because that's a great little video. Yeah, so we did a, a campaign called Book Smart for New England Inns and Resorts Association. And we did several videos for them, but we did one video, which is a, a whiteboard style where we mm -hmm. literally had an artist um, animating on a, on a whiteboard where we explained uh, why you should be booking directly with your, your inn uh, rather than going through booking.com or hotels.com or any of those. And the basic premise, uh, the tagline was that it's a better experience for the same rate. So that was the misperception out there is that if you booked through an OTA, you would get a, a deal, uh, which may have been the case years and years ago. But since then, there's rate parity and you're going to get the same rate if you book direct. But you're going to get a better experience because that innkeeper is getting all of that, 100% of that, uh, that booking rather than just 75%. So you will be treated better. So... You know, we encouraged innkeepers, and this is something innkeepers listening can do to encourage people to book directly on their website. Offer incentives. Um, you don't have to give them. You don't have to give them a percentage off or anything, but offer. You know, maybe you have breakfast and there's a charge for it, so offer free breakfast if somebody books directly. A subject that always comes up after we talk about OTAs is Airbnb. So yeah. why don't you talk a little bit about that subject? Yeah. So OTAs and the threat they posed two years ago are the Airbnb and the home rental sites are getting to that point. I don't think they're as big a threat um, because it's more, uh, it's more tangential, right? It's where, whereas the OTAs are taking a direct cut of your revenue, the, these home rental sites, it's the travelers making a choice to stay with them as opposed to staying with you. So we're, we're recognizing the growing threat and Airbnb is making very large investments. They've had, several rounds of of um of capital uh raising capital to to invest and so they are their big thing now is that they want to control the traveler's experience and not just where they stay um so they're investing in partnering up with rideshare uh things like uber and lyft to pick people up at the airport and bring them mm -hmm. to the to the home and that you can uh book travel experiences now so you can have the winery tour um in addition to staying at this home as as innkeepers right what well, we always had our, our thing over over otas and over 
over these home rental sites is that we could provide the personalized experience. We were the concierge. We know all the best restaurants in town. We know all the things to do for families. You want a romantic, a romantic weekend? We can, we can organize that for you. So that has always been uh, what the innkeepers have over these impersonal sites. And with Airbnb making a push into controlling more of the experience and what you do while you're there, they're starting to step on our toes, right? That's like, that's, that's our turf. That's, that's what mm -hmm. we do. The positive thing here is that we'll always have, we'll always have the personalized experience over Airbnb. And that needs to be our message moving forward. That's something we're trying to refine with our clients and the, you know, the tourism boards and associations we work with is how do we refine this, this message of personalized service that you won't get with, uh, with these home rental sites. How do we turn that into a marketing message? But for any of the innkeepers listening out there that are worried about the threat of them, just remember that they'll never be able to match your your personalized service and that smile and your your friendliness um, that that's something they'll never be able to touch and that's what we need to sell. And I think you know along with that when when somebody calls to book directly with you and you have that personal relationship with them and that's something we always have to remember as innkeepers that no one can take that away and no one can compete with that. But as you're talking about that, I'd love to cover just packaging in general. You know, you're talking about the winery and people taking that tour and inns in particular, because you serve as a concierge, you're giving advice all the time. So how do you get that out front to be a selling feature for your property on your website? Yeah. So two things, uh, specials and packages always do well. And even if you don't sell a lot of them directly, they're great for getting people to your site and maybe they don't end up booking that package, but at least you have somebody on your site now. Um, and the other thing is that look for partnership opportunities in your town or even in your region to, to develop these packages. So it could be a restaurant in your town that you, know, you have a $50 voucher, book this package, um, it's an extra $50 and you get a $50 voucher to the restaurant. Maybe you get a cut of that, you know, maybe they give you $10 of it or something restaurants in towns what we've seen uh they love to do that 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 brings people in their doors right Absolutely. even if they have to even if they have a have to pay you know a little bit of a percentage commission for that they they will they'll happy to do it specials and packages are great for uploading i'll use new england inns and resorts as a as an example new england inns and resorts is an association with 300 members across all of new england on their website Specials and packages are the most popular page. Uh, that's what people are searching for, and it's how they find the website. It's how they land on the website and then go off to the uh, to the member members' websites, their own personal property websites, and end up end up booking. So, from an SEO perspective, if you have a package, uh, you should be uploading it to your state tourism's public facing websites, to any associations you're in, you know, resortsandlodges.com. Um, any any regional associations you might be in, um, and that's how you can get referral traffic back to your site. So you said the dirty word SEO. So now I'm going to make you talk about it. So why don't you explain what SEO is and how to do it better? Uh, SEO is search engine optimization, and the easiest way to define it is uh, making Google happy so that your website or your content shows up in results um, when travelers are in that marketing funnel. Um, so we separate SEO into, into two columns, technical and content. 
technical is all the stuff uh, foundationally that your website needs to meet this set of requirements that Google sets um, in order for your site to show up uh, high in search results. So these are things like, is your website speed good? Uh, are all the links on your site working? Or make sure none of those links are broken. Are all the images working? Are your redirects set up properly? And then it gets much more deep from there. But the simplest way to think about it is a good user experience, right? Google rewards a good user experience on a website because they want to deliver high quality results or else their business model will be down the drain, right? If they stop delivering high quality results, that is answering people's questions, then people will stop using Google as a service. They'll still, they won't uh, trust it anymore. So what creates a good user experience? It's when you're on the site, it's fast, right? You don't have to wait eight seconds for a page to load. It's that when you click on a link on a website, it actually works. You don't get a 404 error. Um, it's that the images are all there. All those things add up to a high quality site that Google rewards. So that's the technical side. The content side is once you have all that technical stuff shored up, your foundation is there, you're good to go, you're making Google happy. Now is your opportunity to elate Google, uh, to make them extra happy. So this is where we use the blog as the most common way to, to, to keep Google happy with fresh content going up there consistently. And the easiest way to sum up how you can take advantage of content SEO is to start thinking, I always put myself, a lot of our clients, um, their, their websites, most of the traffic is female, right? And it's, it's in the, the mother age group, right? Like in that 30 to, to 60 range. Um, so I like to think of myself as, okay, I'm, you know, I'm a female, I'm, I'm 40 years old. What am I typing into Google right now if I'm planning my trip? So let's say I've decided on New England and I know I want to go somewhere in the Southern New Hampshire region. I haven't even thought about a place to stay yet. I'm typing in things to do in Southern New Hampshire. Uh, if I have a blog titled things to do in Southern New Hampshire, and it has a list of five awesome things to do with your kids in Southern New Hampshire, that's what Google rewards. That is directly answering that person's question. So if you're thinking about doing a blog post, start by putting yourself in your customer's shoes and think about what they are typing into Google and then write your content uh, accordingly. So I want to go back. I just thought of something else I wanted to ask you about packaging before we move on, because I know of your experience with New England Inns and Resorts. Can you share what works for packaging yep, I can, for your clients? Yeah, I can tell you exactly. So newenglandinnsandresorts.com, we, we built that website, we manage it, and we've had the new website up for two and a half years now. So we've seen a lot of beautiful data coming in that we can make informed decisions. And the most popular page on the website is the specials and packages page. On that page, there are several categories of specials and packages. So the most popular uh, package that people click on and then take action on, which is clicking off to, to, the, to the members' websites themselves, uh, is the romance package. That's, that's number one. That's the most popular. And then two and three, they kind of vie for the second and third spots back and forth, but that's family packages and girlfriend getaways, surprisingly enough. Um, so those tend to vie for the two and three spot, but romance packages is, is always number one. So for the listeners out there, you guys as innkeepers, I would encourage you to develop a romance package because uh, that's easy to do, right? It can be as simple as a bottle of wine and, and some roses, chocolate covered strawberries, something like that. It's an easy value add um, that you can make a romance package. 
put it on your website and on your booking engine for sure. And then also put it out uh, on those tourism, those state tourism sites, any other directory sites where you're allowed to upload um, your package, because that's what people are looking for. Bedandbreakfast.com is the world's largest B&B travel site, connecting travelers seeking intimate, one-of-a-kind, and locally owned accommodations with innkeepers and B&B owners from around the world. Advertise your property on Bedandbreakfast.com and meet a whole new world of travelers. Welcome back to Inside Innkeeping. I'm Megan Smith. I know that we've covered a lot of subject matter here, but I there's so much more to talk about. And I want to go into uh, ratings and any advice you can give on dealing with the rating sites. Yeah, so we get this question a ton. Um, and, and all the workshops I do at lodging uh, association conferences everywhere, this, this tends to come up in the Q&A afterward, is how do we get rid of bad reviews or mitigate them and how do we get positive reviews? Um, so I'll, I'll start with bad reviews because this question comes up a lot, is how can we, if somebody was obviously unfair in their bad review, which we see all the time, um, how can we get that off of TripAdvisor or off of Google or Yelp? And there's really, um, there's really only one way to do it that we've found. You can plead uh, if you want, but that's not going to work. You have to look at the policies, right? You have to look at TripAdvisor's policies and find a way that that person who left the bad review might have might have violated one of the policies, and then show that proof to TripAdvisor. And that's consistently how they'll take it down. Um, so you know, I would encourage if you ever get a bad review, read the policies carefully and then try to find something that was violated. The easy one is right, somebody who didn't even stay there. Let's say they tried to book with you and you said, we don't allow kids. And for some reason, you know, they're taking out their, their anger on you and they, they leave a bad review. Um, they didn't stay there. So that is a violation of the policy. So you can bring that to TripAdvisor and hopefully they'll take it down. Now, what's more common is that a bad review will go up and there's really nothing you can do because they stayed there. There's no violation of policy. And we see this all the time. It's something about the human condition is that even if you ask them three times when they're checking out face to face is there anything we could have done better was there anything wrong they'll say no no everything was fine and then on that car ride home or the next day at work when they have the luxury of uh, uh, relative anonymity they will leave a, a scathing bad review right so what we've found is that if you can communicate digitally with that person right after their stay where they have that security of uh, anonymity, even though they're, you can see their, their name or you pretty easily figure it out on TripAdvisor, um, that they'll be more honest. So send them an email right after the stay. As soon as they leave, send an email and say, hey, what could we do better? Uh, you tend to get more of a response when somebody is emailing. You can send uh, a survey via email right after the stay. There's plenty of companies that offer survey systems, or you can do it right through Google for free. You can do use their survey system so that they'll take out any frustrations or negative uh, experiences they had uh, digitally communicating directly with you, and you can address it immediately and say, oh, I'm so sorry there was a hair in your shower. Like, you know, let us give you an upgrade to the romance package next time you guys come back. There's two things you can do. Look at the policies, read them carefully. If you want a bad review taken down, it pretty much has to violate a policy. Um, and mitigate those bad reviews in a digital communication way before they even get on the site. Then you don't have to worry about it. And I'm going to share here an experience that we had at our inn when early on when TripAdvisor was relatively new and nobody had many reviews. And we had a difficult guest whom we asked to leave. And we gave them their money back, but we asked them to go stay somewhere else because they weren't a good fit with our clientele. 
And they went home and wrote reviews from the point of view. They wrote about 12 reviews pretending to be different people in each review. Um, you know, they said they were a family and we had, you know, S&M in our bar. So we finally reached someone at TripAdvisor. And this was so new that, you know, TripAdvisor was, there weren't a lot of contact us, but they were able to prove that those reviews all came from the same IP address. So they went back to that visitor, that guest of ours, and said, you can have one review only. And you pick the one and they did leave it up. But in the time that those 12 reviews were up, it affected our business greatly because people were just starting to use that tool. So don't bury your head in the sand. I have one friend who's an innkeeper and she just hates to look at TripAdvisor because she takes it so personally. So I tend to look at her TripAdvisor page and tell her if there's a bad review. And, you know, you can't bury your head in the sand. You have to respond. You have to respond. Absolutely. Respond as quickly as you can because people will go right to the negative reviews if they're researching your property, if they're going to come stay there. They go to TripAdvisor, they'll click right in the negative reviews for first off the bat, which is a, a huge bummer. But if your response is not there, that's extra bad, right? So if you exactly. can kind of, um, it's an art really to be able to call them out as, a, as um, you know, crazy. <laughs> it's an art to be able to call them out as crazy and not be disrespectful and turn, turn review readers off that way too. So, um, And you may yeah. have one staff member that's a good writer or you know, a child who's great with social media. I mean, there's there's an easy way to put systems in place to make sure that those reviews get responded to right away. And I yeah. really can't recommend that enough. And it's frustrating. I totally get it how frustrating it is that somebody who didn't even stay at your property has so much power over your business, literally your business, the, your revenue. Uh, it, it's frustrating, but it's, it's a game we have to play. I should mention that we use... If you're an innkeeper and you don't have time to go keep checking all your review sites all the time or you don't want all the emails coming in kind of separately, uh, we use a service called Review Trackers. It's just reviewtrackers.com and it um, compiles all the reviews into a one daily email if you want and you can respond to all the reviews on different channels right, right within the software so it makes it a lot simpler. Is that a an, an financial investment? Is that website? Yeah, it's like $20 a month per property. Well worth you know? it. Yeah, for sure. Just think about your time. You know, you got to value your time, and it's it's a way to keep, especially if you're a larger property and get more reviews. Yeah, it's a good way. And busy times of the year when you're getting the most reviews is when you have the least amount of time to that's chase right. those things down. That's so that's right. great advice. Yeah. So um, I want to talk about something that I know is near and dear to your heart, which is sort of how you founded your business, which is video. It's a very hot topic now, and I just want to put a little plug in right now for a video that Luke put together for Vermont Skiers Association originally. That's right. And it's called Shit Snowboarders Say, and it has almost a million views, and it was sort of what launched Luke into the very successful business he has today. But I would love for you to just talk about video, how an innkeeper can use it, and answer that question that everybody asks about how do you make a viral a video go viral yeah, the question we get all the time <laughs> yeah so i'll start with kind of what what any innkeeper with a smartphone can do um and that's that you don't have to be afraid of video i mean you have a pretty powerful tool right in your pocket with this smartphone so it can be as simple as when you have a, a lovely couple checking out um pull out your smartphone and, and take a video testimonial ask them what they did while they were while they were on their trip here you don't have to make it cheesy like like tell us how great it is here at, at our property you know you don't want to 
you don't want to overly sell it, but like, ask them for the kind of information that other guests would, would want to see. Like, what did you do? Like, oh, we went apple picking. It was great. We went to this orchard. Um, that's a testimonial in itself um, that there's good things to do in the area, um, but you're not you're not overtly selling, which can come off as a turnoff on social media, right? So that's kind of like something super simple you can do. We've seen a lot of success with producing videos that are all about things to do in the area. So if you're trying to capture people at the top of the marketing funnel when they're doing their research about where they're gonna stay, they are typing in things like uh, things to do in Savannah, Georgia, because that's where they're probably gonna go stay, right? So if you produce a video um, that answers that question, or you could even get more specific, like the top five art galleries in Savannah, Georgia. You could have a video crew come in and do a really professional job and then have a soft sell, we call it, um, at the end of the video, which is like, and if you're coming to check out all these art galleries, stay with us at our at our inn, you know, um, and those tend to get a lot of views. And because, uh, again, you're thinking like somebody, you're thinking like that that mom who's typing in things to do in Savannah, Georgia, or what, what art galleries are in Savannah, Georgia, um, and you're you're getting your brand in front of them during that research phase. So with viral videos, we get that question all the time and we have to like sit them down and say, all right, we're, we're probably not going to have a viral video because if you look at all the biggest viral videos through history, they were, they happened by accident, right? Uh, it's the same as getting a virus. Nobody like gets a virus on purpose. It happens on accident. So it's extremely difficult to produce a viral video. What you can do is produce a spreadable video is, is what we call it. So the best way we found to have a video go um, somewhat viral is is what we did with the shit snowboarder say video. So that uh, is actually a piggyback on a viral video that was going around at the time called shit girls say. Um, so we made one specifically uh, for the snowboarding culture and, and, and that niche. And uh, that is how it took off because that was a very popular video at the time. So some other examples in recent history have been the Harlem Shake video. Uh, you've got the, the happy music video by Pharrell Williams that was copycatted a lot all over the internet. Uh, and those videos will, will go around because when they're popular, when that original viral video was popular, people will immediately respond to, to a similar video. So we've been able to repeat that formula over and over and, and get the kind of views because somebody already did the hard work, right? With that original viral video of, of getting it out there. Um, and get having it be on the the tips of of people's tongues, if you will. Uh, so that's the formula we found to work again and again is, is piggybacking. And it's okay, it's okay. You're not plagiarizing. This is this is how social media and the internet works. Is this kind of hive mind when it comes to virality. So I'm talking about video, and I think um, you know one of the services that you offer as a business, Mondo Media Works off, offers, is a um, video package. And so why don't you talk about what you do when you go into an inn and how the innkeepers use that product once you've produced it. Yeah, so the, the most popular, what we found is that it's expensive to have a video crew come in with their professional equipment, right? So rather than produce one video, we would stay a little bit longer. We'll stay for two days and, and you'll get three videos out of it. So it usually starts with a foundational video. We try to sum up in 90 seconds, you know, the entire experience of your of your property. And then we can do a few more detailed videos. Uh, so if you have a restaurant, that's usually one we, we do a feature on the restaurant. Maybe you have a spa. Um, the video about things to do in your area is always good with a soft sell at the end um, to stay with, with your inn. Mm -hmm. So 
that package we've found to work work really well and be the most cost effective for for inns that you know can't afford a ten thousand dollar video production or, or something so well, I know I've been very impressed with the work I've seen. I know when I talk to innkeepers, I always suggest they get on that bandwagon because I think it is it is currently the hottest thing. But I also know that there's some new things on the horizon, and I'd love to pick your brain on what you're thinking the next big thing is going to be so some of these innkeepers that are listening might get ahead of the next big trend in marketing. Yeah, so specifically in video, by far the thing I'm most excited about, and it's it's not even just in video, like just across the digital marketing possibilities, is virtual reality and augmented reality. So um, if you were watching any television at all this past uh, Christmas season, you would have seen a lot of ads for these virtual reality goggles. Um, so the way it works is you have these goggles and you can slip your phone into the front of it. So that provides the viewing space and then you strap on these goggles and it's a virtual reality experience. So it's like you're standing in a location and wherever you move your head and look, it's, it's, uh, the phone responds and you'll look where, where you would be in that space. Um, so there's, I see a really unique opportunity for the lodging industry to take advantage of this because think about it, you have people doing their research deciding if they want to stay with you. Two of the most popular pages we see on all our clients' websites is the property map if they have one. And if they don't have that, it's the photos of the rooms. That's what people want to see. They want to imagine themselves there in that room or out in your courtyard in your in your outdoor space. So with, with virtual reality, lodging has this uh, unique opportunity to place people there on property when they're making their decision. Um, so it doesn't have people don't have to have these goggles, although they're exploding in popularity and people are making that investment. Uh, it can be as simple as 360 video. This is what that's what Facebook calls their kind of augmented reality uh, video. So if you've been scrolling through your Facebook feed on your phone recently, I'm sure you've seen it. The New York Times is doing a lot of this where uh, you can hold up your phone. It doesn't have to be in goggles. Just hold it up in front of you. And however you move your phone, uh, it's like you were standing there at that location. So if you turn around 180 degrees with your phone, it's going to be like you were looking behind you, like you were right there. And if you look up, you'll see the sky. And if you look down, you'll see the ground. Are there any apps that can help you with that? Yeah. So this is so, right. This is a question we get like, oh, that's great, Luke. It sounds super. How am I going to produce virtual reality? That's that's crazy. But again, you have this super powerful tool in your pocket, your smartphone. So there's an app, uh, it's the Google Street View app. This is Google's official um, Street View app. If you've seen Street View on their maps, um, this is the app for it. So uh, you can take panoramic full sphere photos with this Street View app. Um, and the instructions are very easy. You just move around your phone and take a whole bunch of pictures uh, in a full sphere around you and it stitches it all together. And then you can upload that to Maps, to Google Maps. You can upload it to your Google business listing. Uh, and then you can also put it on Facebook. Facebook will automatically recognize that it's a full 360 video and it will show up on your Facebook page as this immersive virtual reality experience where people can move their phone around and it'll be like they're at your property. Okay, well, I know we could go on forever. There's so many wonderful topics and I'm sure we'll have you back for another podcast in the future. But I really want to thank you. You know, For those of you out there listening, Luke speaks at tourism conferences all over New England, and he's always a very popular speaker, and we're really happy to have him with a broader reach on this podcast. So thank you very much, Luke, and we hope to have you back soon. It was my pleasure, Megan. I'd be happy to come back. Thank you. 
You've been listening to Inside Inkeeping, hosted by Megan Smith. Our show is produced by Katherine Hayes and Luke Stafford in partnership with InPartners, Mondo MediaWorks, and Megan Smith Consulting. You can find Inside Inkeeping on iTunes, Google Play, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Subscribe or stay in touch at insideinkeeping.com. Thanks for listening. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to own and operate your very own inn or bed and breakfast? Well, inn partners can help make that dream into a reality. In our seminar for future innkeepers, we cover everything you need to help you get started, from the basics of business operations to finances and more. Register for a seminar today at innpartners.com slash attend a seminar. That's innpartners.com slash attend a seminar. And let your dreams begin.